Clinical validation has enabled us to remain a viable growing enterprise despite increasing competition. We are the gold standard and that's proven by the 200 plus peer reviewed publications. That has been critical to our success. Welcome to MedSider, where you can learn from the brightest founders and CEOs in medical devices and health technology. Join tens of thousands of ambitious doers as we unpack the insights, tactics, and secrets behind the most successful life science startups in the world. Now, here's your host, Scott Nelson. Hey everyone, it's Scott. In this episode of MedSider, I sat down with Dr. David Albert, a multifaceted individual, a physician, scientist, inventor, serial entrepreneur, YouTube sensation, and even an adventurous surfer. His academic journey led him from Duke University, where he completed both engineering and medical graduate studies, back to his roots at the University of Oklahoma. He already had several licensed inventions when he decided to stake it all on a new cardiovascular device. The gamble led him to found AliveCore, now a frontrunner in personal electrocardiograms under the renowned Cardia brand. Here are a few of the key things that we discussed in this conversation. First, the transition from academia to entrepreneurship may not be seamless. You need to be realistic, utilize resources to your favor, have the right mindset to continuously learn lessons and know how to cultivate strategic partnerships. Second, the lines between medical devices and consumer marketing are not as rigid as you might think. By bringing in the right expertise, being agile and focusing on consumer awareness and branding, you can forge a new path that is both medically sound and consumer friendly. Third, when it comes to fundraising, understand the fundamentals of valuation and don't get fixated on high numbers. Leverage a network of allies who can help you make the right connections and include tangible prototypes and demonstrations in your pitches. Okay, so before we jump into this episode, if you're listening to this show, I'm going to make the assumption that you're a dedicated pro looking to learn from the best in the business. If that's the case, which I think it probably is, I've got some exciting news related to our premium memberships. First, let's talk a little bit about MedSider Playbooks, your ticket to going from zero to 100 with your company or your career. You see, our team has handpicked collections of the most insightful interviews with the brightest founders and CEOs. People like Nadim Yard, CEO of CVRX, and Mike Carusi, a serial medtech entrepreneur and general partner at Lightstone Ventures. These proven leaders shared their strategies and tactics for running a successful startup. Whether you're looking to master capital fundraising, navigate early stage development, tackle regulatory challenges, understand reimbursement, or maybe even position your venture for a meaningful exit, MedSider Playbooks have got you covered. And the best part, all of them are available to our premium members. Get instant access to these valuable resources at medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. Okay, here's the second thing. I completely understand that fundraising can be one of the most daunting tasks for any startup, especially in today's environment. That's why we've created a meticulously curated database of investors right at your fingertips. Explore a wealth of VC funds, private equity firms, angel groups, and more, all eager to invest in medical device and health technology startups. Access to this database is a premium member exclusive, so don't miss out. But that's definitely not all. When you become a MedSider Premium member, you'll get access to every volume of MedSider Mentors, where the brightest founders and CEOs share their invaluable learnings. Plus, you'll unlock the entire archive of every MedSider interview dating back to 2010. So if you're serious about advancing your career or your startup and want to tap into this treasure trove of knowledge, it's time to consider becoming a MedSider Premium member. Visit medsiderradio.com forward slash premium to learn more. All right, without further ado, let's jump back into the interview. All right, Dr. Dave Albert, welcome back to MedSider. It's been almost uh, 
well, not almost, probably over a decade, I guess, since your uh, your first interview uh, way back in the day. A long time um, ago, yes, sir. We were we were both younger men at the time. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and we were we were joking, kind of uh, before recording the, the interview. I had definitely had less grace uh, back then, so uh, maybe my hair was was a bit a bit shorter too. So, uh, but pleasure to have you back on the program, sir. Really looking forward to this conversation. Um, I think it'll be a fun one. Hopefully, we'll learn uh, a little bit uh, too over the uh, about your kind of your your journey over the past uh, decade or so, but. With that said, for those that aren't familiar with uh, your professional journey uh, leading up to kind of sort of founding a live core, give us kind of an elevator pitch for kind of your, your background. Um, well, uh, the, folks elevator, the elevator pitch was I was went to medical school and engineering graduate school at Duke, and then I went back to the University of Oklahoma. I was, I'm a native Oklahoman to do my training, and I had already licensed a couple of inventions even before I left school at Duke. And so I got there and I was, I came up with a new idea and that idea, nobody wanted to license it. And I went around to various cardiovascular companies at the time. And so I went to my wife and we had a small child at the time. She's now a grown woman and said, uh, I think I'm going to drop out of my you know, medicine and, and start a company. And I knew nothing about starting companies. That was the dumbest idea I ever had. <laughs> she thought it was pretty dumb too at the time, as did my, my folks. But my mentors at both Duke and at the University of Oklahoma, who were very prestigious now, unfortunately, both passed away, cardiologists said, oh, I'll let Dave, he can always come back. And, you know, he, he's got a plan B. It's called MD. And so <laughs> I haven't looked back. And that's, you know, not quite 40 years ago, but 35 years ago, uh, late 1980s. And it's been OK. I've started four companies and uh, had a quite an adventure. And Alive Core is obviously my latest adventure. And, uh, you know, today I'm I get to have a lot of fun in that I get to be around patients and do a lot of clinical research as well as uh, try to push the boundaries of innovation. Yeah, absolutely. And you and you live in beautiful Santa Monica, right? You can enjoy uh, a little surfing as well. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I have a wetsuit hanging in the closet over here. Uh, yeah, I live on the beach in Santa Monica. It's not bad. Beats working. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, every day is a pretty nice day like today. It's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. I I, uh, I grew up in the Midwest and we've been out on the West Coast for, gosh, the past seven or eight years now. It's been about six years in Orange County and then recently moved to the, to the Tahoe area. But uh, would greatly miss the sunshine, right? If, uh, if you were moved back to, to the Midwest at, at some point in the future. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, that's super helpful uh, overview. And let's talk a little bit more about AliveCore, or at least set the stage, right, for the rest of the conversation. Probably most people that are listening have have some level of familiarity with, with AliveCore, but if you can kind of give us an overview of kind of the, the three different uh, devices that you're commercializing now, uh, that would be that'd be helpful. Sure. Well, first of all, many people know us as Cardia. Because of our television ads that we've been running now for a number of years, we've developed a brand and Cardia is the brand, while Alive Course is a company name. A lot of people know us as Cardia, Cardia Mobile, and that stems from the original product we had, which back over a decade ago was a case that fit over a smartphone. And in 2011, smartphones weren't very prevalent. They were starting to gain traction. The iPhone was relatively new. You know, Androids were new. And we had a case that turned your smartphone into a personal single EDCG. Since that time, we've expanded our product line. Today, we have our Cardia Mobile, which is available in 
places like CVS and Walmart and Best Buy. And it's a, a single lead ECG that works with any smartphone via an app or any tablet. Then we have our CardioMobile 6L, which is a half the 12 lead ECG, the standard ECG you get in a doctor's office, and it fits in your pocket. And again, it works with any smartphone or tablet. And then the latest uh, innovation is our CardioMobile card, which is literally the size of a credit card and is a single lead ECG that fits like mine does right into my wallet along with my credit cards, except you can't charge anything for it. Those are our three products we continue to work on new innovations, and you will see new things coming from LiveCore, but, but we've also surrounded those hardware products with a series of services. So we have hundreds of thousands of people who subscribe to our services that provide them cardiologist overreads, advanced algorithmic determinations, reports. And so we've offered, we don't just, we're not just a hardware vendor. We're a solution vendor and we're a personal cardiovascular solution vendor. And we have partners. So one of our partners is a company called Omron. People would probably be very familiar with them. If you go into a drugstore to buy a blood pressure cuff, your doc says, hey, your blood pressure is a little high. Well, that's probably going to be an Omron. They're mm. a large Japanese company, but multinational. And they're a partner of ours, an investor in ours. And we utilize some of their blood pressure cuffs as well as they have integrated some of our ECG technology into a product called Omron Complete that's available in retail and over the web. And then we have, you know, a new partner, a little company called GE Healthcare that in <laughs> January became a standalone entity away from what used to be the huge GE. It's been slowly uh, contracting. And GE Healthcare is our partner to bring Alive Cores out of the hospital information into the in-hospital workflow, into the EMR, into the ECG review process, that's already the workflow that's established. And so this was, both of us realized that to get the full benefit for patients who are consumers, and not every consumer is a patient, but every patient's a consumer, for them to get full benefit, we needed to integrate that information that could be very life critical into the traditional workflow and get their physicians aware of, of whatever changes might be important. And so partners like that have helped us expand our reach as we've built more services to surround our hardware. Got it. So, so I like a live core, no longer just kind of like a, a one or two, one or two trick pony, right? I mean, there's a lot, lot going on with the company, uh, to say, to say the least. And I, I definitely want to circle back around to that phrase that you use. Not every, not every not consumer every is a consumer patient, is but every patient. patient is a consumer. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. It's a great line. That's a great line. I mean, we have our customers are not 30 year olds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll just tell you. And many of them are customers. And we know because we've done surveys that somewhat, greater than half buy our device because their doctor tells them to get it. Yep. And today, you know, it's an interesting notion, but in the single lead ECG business, we have some small competitors. There's a company in Cupertino. Uh, there's another mm -hmm. company in Mountain View where our headquarters is. There's one from South Korea. And yep, we continue to grow dramatically and strongly because we're the experts. Mm -hmm. We have now over 200 peer-reviewed publications. Millions of people have become our customers, and we have well over 200 million ECGs that have been recorded using our devices. So we're no longer a tiny startup, and we're accepted by basically 
of the world's cardiovascular experts. And I think that's enabled us to continue to uh, prosper, despite having what you would might think were very strong competitors. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I have a I have a hunch that I, I kind of I think most people are, are loosely familiar with a couple of those companies that you that you maybe uh, didn't maybe yeah, mention by have, name, but you know, mentioned their. May have heard of them. I, <laughs> right. I don't discuss our competitors, but right. they may have heard of those companies. Yeah. Well, none, nonetheless, we have time. I, I mean, I, I think that's a really, really. Um, it's been fun to see a live core. I'm sure it hasn't been all fun, right? For those of like like you that have been close to the company. I mean, there's probably been ups and downs, but to see kind of a live course progress over the past, you know, decade in the face of like some pretty intense competition, you know, really continue to to do quite well. I think that's a that's a kind of a, well, it, a testament it, it to what's going on. It is. It's all about being considered the gold standard. Yep. And you know, we were first, and we were were the most validated. So you can't go to any of the major cardiovascular centers without them having lots of patients who utilize cardia. And a number of the doctors have a cardio mobile card in their wallet in case they're on an airplane and there's an emergency like my friend, Eric Topol, who's yep. used it multiple times. So we've benefited by the fact that we're the experts and we're going to continue to innovate with things like the cardio mobile card and the 6L. And you'll see other innovations from us in the near future. Yep. On that note, I, I want to um, kind of step inside the uh, what I like to refer to as the the old medsider time machine and kind of get your take on some learnings that you've had ac- across you know ca- you know some of the core functions uh, you know that most uh, med tech companies um, at least in the early stages try to tackle. But before we do that, you showed me on video, right? And for those listening, they're not going to be able to see that, but you can definitely go to a live course site and and take a look at the. Uh, the new one of the new devices, which is the Cardio Mobile Card, right? Which literally looks like a, a credit card. Touch on that before we kind of uh, you know get into you know kind of some of these different functional topics. That's new. Like w- when did it launch? What, what, like what was the kind of the the origin for like that particular uh, product? Well, I mean, you know, we in America, my my European friends and Asian friends have said we in America are laggards because we only got chips on our credit card within the last ten years. <laughs> they've had them for a long time which made us much more vulnerable to stealing of your credit cards and, and things like that. So we finally joined the rest of the world and, and our debit and credit cards got chip enabled and you can tap to pay. It's much more secure. Well, that technology made me think, you know, why can't we put an ECG into that same form factor? It fits in your wallet, goes with you everywhere. And so literally it wasn't, we started working on it in 2015. And uh, it wasn't until a year or more ago that it was finally out in the market, FDA cleared, because it's the technology is very hard. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine something the same, th- the width of a credit card that has what a Bluetooth and microprocessor and ECG electrodes and battery, and this thing has more than a two-year battery life. So it's. It's really a, it took a lot of technology, a lot of work for us to bring that to market. But now that it has, the standard response when I give it to someone or show them is just, wow, you know, they can't believe. But, you know, we're we're hopeful that they appreciate the innovation because it was a, it was a major effort to, to make it that small. And we learned a lot of lessons. Like you said, it's not always up, up and to the right, (laughs) you know, there, there are oftentimes challenges and, from you know, ten years ago when I first met you to today, a live core is many tens of times larger, uh, yeah. okay, to many tens of millions of dollars in revenue, and uh, I, I mentioned some of the metrics. But the reality is, it hasn't been a straight line, mm-hmm. and there are challenges which 
a lot of metal, medical device companies enter. It's a little thing called the Food and Drug Administration. <laughs> uh, that is a challenge in many instances. Then there's the world regulatory environment. And now we have something called, you know, our MDD is going to MDR. And in other parts of the world, you have things like the NHS and NICE guidance and CE marks. It is a challenge to scale globally medical devices when you're a small company. And so now we're available in well over 40 countries. I don't know the exact number, but that's a challenge. And it has taken a lot of time and a lot of effort. And there've been some starts and stops. Again, we have partners like Omron and GE Healthcare who can help us with that. But a lot of the burden just still falls to us. And so we don't just face the FDA, we face the same, the, the regulatory bodies from around the world and, and, you know, localizing, translating, making sure it fits with their practice of medicine. That's, that's all a challenge and one that stands for any medical device company that wants to go global. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let, let's talk about some of those challenges, but before we do, um, uh, for everyone listening, definitely encourage you to, to go to alivecore.com. So alive, um, just as, it, as it's spelled, just, just as, it, as it sounds, and then core, C-O-R, livecore.com. And you can check out uh, sort of the product line as well as the newest uh, the newest uh, device, which is the Cardio Mobile card, which literally looks like a credit card. Pretty uh, pretty cool. So um, we'll link to it in the in the full summary write-up um, for this um, particular episode, but uh, definitely encourage everyone to to, uh, to visit the, the site and check out the, the product. So with that said, um, let's... Uh, Let's transition to kind of some some, some functional uh, topics, and really uh, love to get your take here, Dave. You, as you mentioned, you're kind of a prolific, uh, you know, entrepreneur. Started multiple companies, you know, LiveCore being being the latest. But there's a lot of of MDs, PhDs that are, that are in academia that have a great idea, right, uh, and want to take a swing at a, at a at a startup, but are you know in probably an otherwise you know pretty well well paid job. What key pieces of advice would you have for them as they consider maybe you know stepping into the world of you know the entrepreneurial world? Well, you know, I can fall back on my personal experience of they have a plan B and uh, they can always go back to their previous job of being a physician, a scientist. What I would tell them is I was incredibly naive when I started my first company and I learned I have a master's of bruises <laughs> and pain instead of an MBA. And I would tell them that you know, if you really believe you can start a company, there are many resources today to help you in that process. There are accelerators, there's Rock Health and MedStarter. There are all kinds of, of resources to help people as, and as well as it is far more accepted today. When I did in the late 1980s, there weren't any, it just didn't happen. And today I have literally medical students, residents, fellows, faculty member coming to me saying, I've got an idea and I want to start a company. I could tell you I had, I had the chief medical officer of a very prominent company come to me yesterday or day before yesterday saying, I've got an idea. I'm thinking of going out on my own. And the first thing I'm going to tell him is, have you had a psychiatric visit or have you talked <laughs> to another? Because it's a, it is a challenge and there are many things that you're not usually prepared or trained for in being a physician and, and a, or a physician scientist in academia. And, and so they need to have their eyes open, their ears open, and go seek advice and counsel. The other thing is, you know, human resources, marketing, sales, 
regulatory, manufacturing. These are all aspects that most physicians have very, you know, they may have a great idea, but they have no experience in that. And so the other thing I would say is if you really are determined to do this, go find a partner, go find somebody who's done it before, who has the chops in business, who knows how to functionally start a company, the tactical, and who can be side by side with you to implement your idea and turn it into a true innovation. Right, right. I, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of folks that sort of um, they see the the appeal, right, and sort of the the, the sort of the the compelling nature of joining or starting uh, a company. But to your point, you know, going into it eyes wide open is 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 pretty critical, right? Because it's, it's not all certainly not all <laughs> glitz and glamour. Um, but with that said, it's it's a lot of fun, uh, especially if you're you know you're running a startup in in the healthcare space. You know, it's not like you're you know, you're, you're building t-shirts or shoes, um, not to underappreciate, you know, that, that, you know, those, those, those verticals. I mean, these are, these are, I wear these t-shirts be... and shoes, <laughs> right. or, or sweat or, uh, you know, body suits, you know, for those, uh, yeah. for those like you that, that surf, but, um, but yeah, it certainly can be, be rewarding, but you know, it's interesting. Um, uh, although it sounds relatively basic, I was, I was listening to a, uh, one of my favorite podcasts these days is my first million. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's, it's a great kind of entrepreneurial podcast. That's sort of, it's not healthcare specific per se, but, um, they interviewed, um, the manager of Connor McGregor, who's kind of been behind, you know, kind of guy behind the scenes, you know, throughout his, his, uh, his kind of rise, um, in the world of UFC. And they were talking specifically about the, um, it's a proper 12, I think is the, is the whiskey brand that he started. And they, they sold it for, I think a reported 600 plus million or so, something like that. But one of the comments he, he mentioned, he was like, you know, look, I've got a team around me that, that is, um, that's exceptional, right. From when it comes to, to business, but we had no idea how to start an alcohol brand. You know, um, he's like, so one of the keys to that, to that success story was bringing in an, an absolute black belt, right. That could actually, that could, you know, take that sort of that idea, right. And, uh, and actually build something around it. So to your point about like finding the right people that can fill in the gaps, you know, really, really crucial, you know, for, for it's any, absolutely any- critical in medical, medical technology. You, you, you've got so many aspects that are, you know, in medicine, we, we don't usually deal with the FDA. We, we are given products that are, mm-hmm. that have been through that process. And going through that process is an education in and of itself. Right, right. No doubt. Let's transition um, a little bit to kind of your experiences, you know, taking an idea, right? I think, you know, a video on on YouTube, you know, 10 plus years ago, you know, that kind of that went viral, right? Which is, I think, I think some of the the original sort of like idea behind a live course uh, uh, products today. But um, you've seen, right, the story, you know, throughout your career of kind of this, this napkins, this idea on a napkin, right? And, you you know, taking it through, you know, the initial kind of concepting into alpha, into beta, et cetera. And so, you know, when you think about all of your experiences, are, are there, you know, a, a couple of things that really have been, you know, helpful or maybe, you know, a lot of key lessons learned, you know, being capital efficient, right? In those early days, you know, when you're, when you are, you know, trying to, trying to turn your, your idea into, into something tangible. Well, you're absolutely right. Uh-huh. First of all, my experience is that you can talk to your blue in the face and you can have a golden tongue, but there are a lot of people who have no vision. Mm-hmm. So until you show them something physical, mm-hmm. demonstrated to them in reality, they won't get it. And so I had exactly that experience. I had uh, made some prototypes over in Asia and uh, I was going to go to the consumer electronics show. I had talked to people. This was literally a Thursday. I went into my office with one of my prototypes I had just gotten on my birthday and I made an unscripted four minute video. And I was going to upload it to YouTube. My nine-year-old had taught me how to do that, literally, <laughs> fact. 
And I just happened to click the box that said, send the link to my LinkedIn connections. And I had three or 400. They were my professional from when I was at GE Healthcare and throughout my professional career at the time. And, and by the way, I was old. I was 55 years old starting a company. Mm-hmm. I clicked that and I went home. And the next day was New Year's Eve. And I went on a date with my wife. Uh, and, and then suddenly... I got called and said, what did you do? I said, what do you mean? What did you do? In 48 hours, I had 300,000 views of that video. Oh. And people all of a sudden, I had Good Morning America and Fox and Friends and all these people calling me to come to CES and be, I put my email address in this damn thing. <laughs> not smart. And, and in this video, and people were bombarding me and I was getting bombarded to come to CES. I had to get up at three in the morning because I had to be at the convention hall at four in the morning, which was seven in the morning on the East Coast for all these good, you know, the TV shows all do from CES, the latest innovations. Mm -hmm. And that viral video, and I knew zero about, to me, a virus was something that you catch and make. (laughs) Uh, And we've all learned a lot more about that in the last few years. That started uh, the cascade that ultimately became a live core. And what it taught me was be opportunistic. I probably was not as opportunistic about that video and the virality as I should have been just because it was foreign to me. You know, social media was foreign to me. And so be opportunistic, have your eyes and ears open at all times, looking for opportunities to advance your idea and your innovation. And so, you know, from my perspective, we were very capital efficient up to that point. I think we had spent all of $200,000 and building these prototypes that were fully functional, building the app, everything. And so that then really catapulted us into what's become a live core and a a pretty significant business. Uh, That's the story. It it, it sounds romantic today. Back then it was it was anything but romantic. (laughs) Yeah, I I can only imagine. I'm I'm looking at um, the Cardi Mobile card. Um, and I mentioned the live course site previously, but it's you can also um, check it out in more detail at cardia.com. So K, Cardia with a K, K-A-R-D-I-A, Cardia.com. You know, thinking about that that story, you mentioned be op- opportunistic and, you know, you're likely going to have much better success if it's something tangible, right? Because a lot of people can't see the same vision that you may have. And it That's reminds cool. me of something that another physician entrepreneur, uh, Dr. Um, uh, Chris uh, Ramdu with... Um, Tempa Health mentioned, I recently had him on the show. By the time this is published, um, that interview will likely uh, be live as well. But he mentioned something very similar. Like that was one of the keys to to their success early on was like he had to develop something tangible, right? In order to get, to get, you know, uh, meaningful feedback, not only just from, you know, other, other stakeholders, but in order to really kind of accelerate the progress for the company, like that was, that was one of the, the key, th- you know, looking back, that was one of the key things is like, he had to, to build something tangible, you know, and and I highly doubt that that video that you uploaded to, to YouTube way back in the day would have gone or I would have had sort of the level of, of virality if you actually didn't have a thing. Right. I mean, I, I, I recall that video. I mean, we'll probably link to it maybe in the, in the, in the show notes, but it was like, you actually had a thing to showcase, right. Which is uh, pretty crucial. Hey there, it's Scott, and thanks for listening in so far. The rest of this conversation is only available via our private podcast for MedSider Premium members. If you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. You'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Renee Ryan, CEO of Cala Health, Nadeem Yared, CEO of CVRX, and so many others. As a premium member, you'll get to join live interviews with these incredible medical device and health technology entrepreneurs. In addition, you'll get a copy of every volume of MedSider Mentors at no additional cost. 
To learn more, head over to medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. Thank you.